I want to encourage us. Don't let your past dictate your future. So many times, the, the, the burdens of our past live inside and dictate our future. And don't let someone else's past dictate their future. So many times we, we see the mistakes of somebody, the sin that they've lived in, and what we start to do is we, 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 we basically accuse them of the sin in our mindsets. Or how, how do we accuse them? Well, by talking to somebody else about their sins all the time. By, by, by in our own minds thinking, well, because of a, you, you did that, you can't do this for God because you did that. That's false. I want to tell you what, the things of the past, the sins of the past are forgiven by the blood that rolled down that cross. And that resurrection power gave us eternal life. We need to look at how our mind, how our, our, our soul is reacting in these things. I like a, a quote of Papa Bill Johnson, and he, he said, any area that doesn't have an expectation of good is under the influence of a lie. <laughs> so whatever situation you're going through, and it's usually always easy to remember the bad situations, but I, I want to just say, if that expectation, does, if that situation does not have the expectation of hope, of good, then it's under the influence of a lie. You see, we can look at this pandemic and grumble and complain and, 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 and be chained and bound in our prison cell. We could do that. Or we can look at this pandemic and say, you know what, this is the strengthening of the church of North America. I'll tell you what, there is a rumbling that is going on. There might be some chaff that's blowing away, but I'll tell you what, those good seeds, they're going to get planted deeper and rooted deeper and deeper and deeper that no prevailing winds, storms, viruses, anything, pandemics would ever, ever unroot those seeds. We are stepping in, and we have stepped in to the church's finest hour, and we must remember that and believe that. We are not sheep led to the slaughter. That is not our destiny. Through Jesus Christ, he was the sheep that was slaughtered, so you and I aren't led to the slaughter. He is the lamb who is worthy to be slain. He is the lamb that, was, that is now able to open the scrolls of heaven. But he died not so you and I can live like a beat-up sheep in a prison cell or in a, a, a small little corral jam-packed with people. Actually, we can't. We have social distance. How do you social, what, what, what happens is, what I'm trying to say is, is when the laws come down to where family can no longer gather, uh, people can no longer gather, people can no longer go to church, people can no longer worship, uh, people can no longer do this stuff, what happens is many prison cells are being built around individuals. And I'm here to say that's not our destiny. That's not our destiny. If you want to be bound in the chains, this is, this is it. Bind yourself, as Paul spoke. Bind yourself by the Word of God. But never let man bind you. I guess you know my perspective. I shared um, at our school the other, the other night, and... Um, just on some aspects of breaking negative behaviors and how do we cultivate prosperance 
And so I want to share a little bit more with that. There were some thoughts that came to my mind and my heart, and I'm hoping to bring them across here today. And I want to ask each one of us, we all have patterns in our lives. Do you know your patterns? Do you know what your patterns look like? Some people call them ecosystems. Because maybe it's insecurities over years. Maybe there's been some issues or problems from the past. How, how, how are we dealing with those? How, how are we living with them? Are, have, we, have we been forgiven from them? Have we forgiven the others from them? Do we still have them inside? Are these thoughts overwhelming our mind? When we start to, to get confined, does depression start to set in? Is depression something that is attacking at your heart and your mind? Because I want to tell you, and I hope that I share here something today. I don't care what my words are, but I care what God's words are coming out of my mouth. And I pray that everyone will hear the message they need to hear and the words they need to hear. Not what Brent Borthwick thinks, but what God thinks, you hear it. I, I, I get so overwhelmed that, that times when I've traveled internationally and, uh, and I've preached uh, with my translator, wasn't doing well, and I ended up preaching what I call Spanglish, and uh, because I was taking more time explaining to the translator, you know, how to speak it in, 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 in Spanish to English, because I know Spanish, and uh, it took more time, and then I finally said, oh my goodness, I just started speaking what I call Spanglish, and, and preached my message, and, and four different groups came up after the service, and they said, how did you know my dialect? I live in, in the mountains uh, in Chiapas, and how did you know that dialect? And not even Spanish, it's another language, and four different people. Some people heard the most beautiful Spanish, others heard these other different dialects, first na uh, native dialects, and I don't know a word of those dialects, but I'll tell you what, when God's involved in Holy Spirit's involved. If you have ears to hear, you won't hear me. You will hear him. And that's what I pray here this morning as I minister today. We all have things that we need to grow into. I think one of the biggest patterns that many Christians will get themselves into is they actually start to believe they know it all. They actually start to believe they know more than everybody else or more than somebody else. In my theology training, my seminary that I did, I came out thinking I, I, I was a know-it-all. I knew everything, and I lost so many friends over theological arguments and debates. And I just want to say, you know what? The first pattern that we need to weigh out is, are you still able to learn? Oh, of course I am. No, 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 no. Don't answer with your mouth. Answer with your heart. Because I tell you what, you don't know much and I don't know much compared to the knowledge of God. I can't even speak the amount of words that if every word was written and it came out of the mouth of our Lord, I tell you what, this world is not able to contain the books. There's so much he has to say. Maybe you're not even aware of these patterns. Many people are unaware. It's interesting, you. it's always good to have close friends, people that you trust and connect with, because many, many times people have come up to me in the past and, and have said, you know, well, Brent, you know, you make me feel like this. I'm like, what? I do? Yeah, you make me feel so small sometimes. I am so sorry. Like, do you love me? Of course I love you. Maybe it's my intensity. Maybe it's my look. People say, when you get serious, you look like, like, serious. You look angry or something. I'm not angry. I'm actually an incredibly happy person. If I get anger, it's, it's anger against being chained and imprisoned in a free country. <laughs> that's a righteous anger. 
So we got to look at it, and sometimes it's good to go talk to some very close friends or, or pastors or leaders that you trust and just say, hey, do you guys see a pattern in my life that, that I could change? But most of us are a little bit nervous to do that because we actually don't want to be hurt because our patterns have started to form an identity. When our patterns form an identity and they're bad patterns, it creates an insecurity in us. So many patterns in life have to do with the invisible things that you don't always think about. It's like these patterns create an ecosystem in our thought lives. Most people's patterns become their normal. I remember uh, many times, actually, as I travel internationally and we're praying for, for the miracle of God to touch and heal people, and I remember this, this one lady, she came up, and, and I had prayed for a bunch of people, and God was really moving, and said, uh, I saw you had a limp. Can I pray for your left leg? I believe the Lord wants to heal it. And she said, no, 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 no. don't pray for my left leg. I, I've come for you to pray for my son. And I'm, I'm like, okay, can I pray for your leg first, get that healed? No, 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 no. This is, this is the checks I get every month. I just want us to know that no matter what pain Illness we have, God wants to heal it. And if we let the pattern of, well, I get disability through it, so I don't want the healing, you will never live a blessed and prosperous lifestyle in the kingdom of God. It doesn't mean you won't be a Christian. It just doesn't mean you won't live the prosperity of God that he wants to bring you into. I want to speak hope over, over you today. Because if we eliminate any negative cycles... It brings a prosperous life. Everything that is sustainable, it has some sort of an ecosystem, whether it's good or whether it's bad. So if you notice a pattern in your life, good or bad, it's probably caused by a pattern that you might not be aware of because ecosystems are patterns that sustain life. For example, and I've used this example before, humans breathe oxygen and breathe out carbon dioxide. Trees and plants absorb carbon dioxide and produce oxygen. So we breathe in oxygen for our bodies. We have to have oxygen. We live with oxygen. And we breathe out carbon dioxide. The trees and the plants, they basically suck in carbon dioxide and they basically produce and breathe out oxygen. That's called an ecosystem that God created. And that's a really good ecosystem. Because if you cut out the trees, and you have no more oxygen, the people will die. Now, I'm not a tree lover or a tree hugger, whatever you want to say. What I'm saying is if you disrupt one area of an ecosystem, one of them will affect you more than the other. If you disrupt and take out all the people, the trees will thrive anyways. But if you disrupt the trees you kill the people. And so in that, think of that as we process this, because it's the same as the Word of God and people's life. When you read the Word and live by the Word, you grow. You grow stronger and stronger and stronger. But you take out the Word of God, you die. But if you die, it doesn't change the Word. The Word is not going to be changed. It's the same yesterday, today, and forever. But you are the ones that need the changing. 
So what, why I'm saying this is because if we get the patterns wrong in our, in our life, in our heart, our mind, our soul, our emotions, then something will die or become less. We must take care of our soul. We must take care of our mind, our will, and our emotions. Uh, let's think about Adam and Eve in the garden. And uh, let's actually go to uh, Genesis 2. Let's start in verse 15. I'm going to read a bit of this right now because I just want to, want to go through this in case there's people that don't know the story well. So Genesis 2, verse 15. Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat of it you shall surely die. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. See, Adam and Eve didn't know about good and evil at this point. They had a free will. That God created them with a free will. Uh, that's why there was one tree that they had to choose not to eat. If he didn't create them with a free will, he would have never needed to have that tree in the garden. But he wanted to create a people that, that will choose to love him and worship him and honor him with their own free will. Because in the free will, that's where the power and the authority comes in a covenant. If you try to make a covenant between an unwilling party and an unwilling party, you can have a covenant, but now it's called a dictatorship. It's a governmental rule structure, and you have lost freedom. One will have power, and the other has to lose their freedom for this one to have the power. But true covenant, biblical covenant, one has power in the covenant, the next one gets power as well. If you stay within the covenant, the covenant, because you have now freely chosen. Verse 18, and the Lord God said, it is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. Out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the air and brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. And whatever Adam called each living creature, that was its name. Verse 20, and so Adam gave names to all cattle, to the birds of the air, and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helper comparable to him. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam, and he slept. I wouldn't mind a deep sleep one time. I feel like having a deep sleep. And he took one of his ribs. Yeah, that, that's not good. I'd rather do, just do the deep sleep. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh in its place. Verse 22. Then the rib which the Lord God had taken from man, he made into a woman. And he brought her to the man. And Adam said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman. I love an old Carmen video, a message by Carmen from years ago. And he said, it's not woman, it's whoa, man. Whoa, man. Can you imagine? Here's Adam looking after all these male and female animals, and all of a sudden, in walks Eve. Whoa, man, that's amazing. Woman, because she was taken out of man, verse 24, therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife. Thank you, Lord, that over 32 years ago, I did not have to be married to my in-laws, just my wife. And they shall become one flesh, and they were both naked, and man and his wife, and were not ashamed. 
Chapter 3, verse 1. Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. Sin, dictatorship, are usually very cunning. They do it in a way that gradually breaks down the minds and the, the freedoms of people. Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, because the serpent's there, he's got no power. He's got no authority in the garden. All he's got is a deceiving and lying tongue. And he said to the woman, has God indeed said that you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? You see, he's trying to get her to inward focus. You see, <laughs> oh boy. It's one thing when you feel in, safer with a mask on. But as soon as the narrative changes and says that I have to wear a mask because of you, but yet you wear a mask to protect you, the narrative changes. And all of a sudden, I'm demanded to wear something or do something that you are already doing, even if I don't want to. I'm not saying I don't wear a mask. I do. I'll wear a mask here and there. Wherever I have to, I'll wear a mask. That's basically what it boils down to. And if you choose to wear a mask, I, there's no condemnation whatsoever. I remember one of my messages, someone felt so bad because they wear a mask. I'm like, no, 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 you wear a mask. That's your choice. It just gets very cunning when narratives change partway through. Anyways. You shall not eat the tree. Okay. And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden. But of the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden, God has said. Now, Eve wasn't there when Adam was told by God. So obviously, Adam has told her about this. This has been in, in a book, probably not a book, but the verbal conversation or something. So verse 2 again, and the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. And then the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die, for God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes and a, tree and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of the fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. We know that it later continues on where, where God is asking, where are you? And they, they, God eventually had to remove them from the garden. So look at this. They, there was a garden, the Garden of Eden. It was perfect. It was beautiful. It was the presence of God dwelt there. He could walk with them and talk with them in the cool of the day because they did not know the knowledge of good and evil. Okay, What they did is they had the knowledge of good but they had never received or, or opened up the knowledge of evil. So they lived within the knowledge of good. 
until they ate of that tree. And as soon as that happened, there was a separation of the presence of God, and they had to, to, to toil, till the lands through the sweat and the brow, uh, childbearing pains, all these things happened. But then Jesus Christ came into the earth 2,000 years ago, and everything started to change, because after Adam and Eve went out, the old covenant had to be formed. But now there's a new covenant, because, because the reality is, is in the new covenant, He came back to say, people... I am the new covenant, Jesus Christ is saying. If you believe in me, you will be saved, but not just saved, you will have victory. You will walk with power. You will walk with authority on this earth. You no longer have to live in the garden of evil. Now there's making a new garden within you. So even Adam's free will chose to be deceived. They chose to be deceived. See, the power of our mind, our will, and our emotions, our soul, is so powerful, but so many of us neglect the fullness of our soul. Many of the seeds that, 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 that are planted in our lives now, let, let's just say you hold anger towards somebody. Let's say that you have a jealousy towards somebody. Let's say that someone abused you in the past. What's happened is when you become a new believer in Jesus Christ, a new creation in Him, what happens is those are seeds waiting to be planted in your garden. But the reality is, is God wants you to have a pure garden in your life. He wants us to live in the garden of His presence, the garden of His glory, the garden of power and authority, where the enemy, he can be around us, but he has no authority of us. And in that garden, the problem is our own free will that God has given to us to choose Him, to worship Him, to celebrate Him, to never forsake the gathering of the saints. That's a commandment of God's. But so many of us get into an ecosystem, a pattern of our lives where we've missed, missing seeds that have been planted in us. Again, Maybe there's jealousy or hatred. And if you let someone else's problems or issues or their opinion of you, and you let that bother you and dwell in you, what you have done is you've allowed them, them to give you a seed that you plant in your garden. That you plant in your garden. We need to literally cultivate our gardens. And when there's a weed or weeds in our gardens, it's our duty to yank those weeds out and get rid of them. Throw them back out. Because God's looking for pure gardens within us. His presence, His glory, the power and the authority of Jesus Christ in us. The Holy Spirit infiltrating and filling our lungs, empowering us. That's what He's looking for. So bad seeds that we receive from other people, they're like weeds that'll choke out good ground. And I know there's many people that, that, that even right now, maybe in the middle of a pandemic, that, 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 that there's these bad seeds that have grown up and they feel like they're choking you out. They feel like, like, like the good seed there isn't growing anymore. It's not growing like it should. And I want to declare to you, you're the gardener, and you're the one that has the authority to yank that seed out. In other words, what's the best way to yank out the seed of, of somebody who is angry at you or is like an enemy to you? The Bible says, love your enemies. So the first thing to do is, is you know what, God, that person abused me or that person 
uh, speaks poorly about me, who doesn't even know me, I already forgive him. I forgive them for they know not what they do maybe. I forgive them and I don't just forgive them, but I choose to love them. I don't love their sin. I hate sin, but I love the people. We must not neglect our souls. If we neglect our souls, it's rooted in a distorted perception of our flesh. But the thing we're missing is that when we were saved, we became new creatures. A new creation we became. We need to live this wholeness in our life. Bless the Lord, O my soul. God wants us to be whole, not just physically. He wants us to be whole tridimensionally. Our body, soul, and spirit, we need to be whole. Take a look at 3 John chapter 1, starting in verse 2. 3 John chapter 1, starting in verse 2. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health. Just as your soul prospers. You know the amazing thing about this word here, health. It says, beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things. So first of all, we are to prosper in all things. No matter what circumstances going on around us, we're called in a destiny of prosperity. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health. That word health, yes, it, it has a reference to your physical health, but I love the secondary part of the reference of that word health. It means to live uncorrupt, uncorrupt, to be uncorrupt, live in truth. And it's interesting because when you read the scripture with that understanding that the majority of times this word health, that specific word being used in scripture, it's actually not about physical, it's more, it's about spiritual. It's about living in, in, without a corrupt lifestyle, it's about living in the truth of God. So when we continue reading this, beloved, verse 22 again, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be Living in truth. Be living in, in, a, in a prosperous lifestyle, in truth, that you don't have corruption in you. Just as your soul prospers. You see, when your soul is prospering, you start to live in a greater understanding of truth. When your mind, your will, and your emotions, that's your soul It's your mind, your will, and your emotions. When your soul prospers, when your mind, your will, and your emotions prosper, you will live in a lifestyle of truth. Can we just pop that back up? You will live in a lifestyle of truth. Verse 3, for I rejoice greatly when brethren came and testified of the truth that is in you just as you walk in the truth. The next two verses show that the wording was actually in health. It is actually truth and not just physical because, because we know and the disciples know that knew that when you live in truth, your health is a continuation of the truth. Instead of just going after physical health, You go after your mind, soul, and emotion, which is your free will choice to live in the truth of the Word of God, and your health will follow itself. 
So we see that. For I rejoice, verse 3 again, for I rejoice greatly when brethren came and testified of the truth that is in you, just as you walk in the truth. Verse 4, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. Walk in truth. No greater joy. That's the best health we can have. You know what? For this pandemic, walk in joy. Walk in truth. Walk in the peace that passes all understanding. But whatever you do, don't walk in the fear of what man is telling you. I say, I declare to you, we are not destined to have fear of man. We have the fear of the Lord. He is our strength. And this word is what we stand on and will walk on and live in our life. I have gone into other countries uh, uh, many, many times. Some of the countries I've had to go, uh, that I've actually gone into are underground churches. It's interesting. They're underground. Why? Because the law said they can't gather together and assemble together and worship. That's why they're underground. I'm glad it doesn't sound like anything we're going through right now. Thank you, Jesus. Prosperity and health, in other words, living in truth, is directly related to your soul. So in the reality, your soul is the foundation of prosperity. That's what the verse is saying. Your soul is the foundation of prosperity. Not money, not cars, vehicles, houses. That's the earth's prosperity. But biblical prosperity is where is your soul? Where is your soul? Where is your heart, your desires, your mind, your thoughts, your will, and your emotions? Where is that? It has to be focused entirely on Him, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and the foundation word of God has got to be deep in our hearts. As I have shared from this pulpit, if our country no longer is free to worship, to assemble, and they take out three of the four constitutional bills, I will still worship, and I will still gather together and praise Him. We must be Spirit-led. And the Spirit lading our soul and body brings us into the truth, the health around us. Context will always dictate definition. Therefore, we can't just say, oh, well, my flesh is bad, my flesh is evil. No, 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 you and I are new creations in Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. If anyone is in Christ, I am in Christ Jesus. And what that's saying is that I am a new creation. Old things have passed away. Old covenant law has passed. I don't follow the old covenant law. I don't have to follow the laws of man. I am a new creation. Pop that back up, please. I am a new creation. Old things 
have passed away. You know what my old things were? I had a lack of identity. I had insecurity. I was a missionary kid. Came home from the mission field. I grew. I was born in Bogota, Colombia. Lived in South America, Mexico, Florida, California, and now Canada. And when I came home, my parents were broke. They had no money. I used to wear jeans with holes in them. That wasn't by choice. Now, now you pay big bucks for that. I can't believe it. I, I went to the mission barrel. It was all the junky clothes that people threw away. And bless her heart, Mrs. Stoby in Abbotsford, she would gather all of the thrown away clothes, wash them and clean them, and literally put them in these barrels in her basement. And we as the missionary kids, we'd go walk through the barrels and we'd pull out clothes and choose what we wanted because we couldn't afford the regular clothes in a store. Mission barrel was like my Walmart. And seriously, worn out jeans. I got it for free. What do you pay now? I can't believe it. My daughter's son. They buy a pair of jeans with holes in them. I'm like, Sweetheart, that, like, that's over 100 bucks. Got holes in them like they're worn out. I know, Dad, that's the style. I'm like, man, you should have lived in my day as a missionary kid. You would have been styling. But people would laugh at me back then. Maybe, maybe, maybe I should have brought a patent out. I could have been a millionaire right now. Patenting holy genes. This verse tells us we are new creations, not just new spirits. So many times we, we try to prepare our spirit and forget about our body, or we look after our body and don't work hard on our soul. But I want to tell you something. God's looking for a people that are so in love with him, in tune with him, that any weeds in their personal garden, they yank out right now in Jesus' name. That any weeds, any, any seeds that have been planted by somebody else's opinion, get them out in Jesus' name. You don't, you're better than those seeds, those bad seeds. You are a good seed, and you need to bring good seeds into your garden. Because your soul matters to God. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 5. Deuteronomy 6, verse 5. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart. What's your heart? It's your desires. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your desires, with all your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions, and with all your strength, the power of Jesus Christ in us to walk this earth. I want to walk a life that if a a poisonous, venomous serpent jumps out of a fire and bites me. I will just be frustrated. You, you're a dumb snake. Get out of here. I walk a life that I'm not going to live in the fear that man tells me I need to live in. There is a, a preached narrative of fear around this world right now. And I want to tell you what, I won't listen to those bad preachers. You see, a preacher isn't just a Christian who stands on a pulpit. A preacher is somebody who is speaking things out to other people and to public people. And while governments are preaching at us right now, but they're preaching a spirit of fear. And I want to tell you what, I know somebody who has power and authority over every sickness and every disease. I know the one who is, has the power and authority to raise from the dead. 
And I put my trust in him, but I will not put my trust in a spirit of fear that's in this world. I've been somewhat obedient. When the story asked me to put on a mask, I put my little face shield on. But I don't actually wear it in my car. I actually have HEPA filters in there anyways. I wash my hands a lot. I've been washing my hands a lot ever since I started international traveling. I followed the influenza virus for the last 15 years. I've watched what, how our year is doing, how it is in other yellow fever, dinghy fever, and different places I go into. Um, I look at it. I used to get immunized in shots and all this stuff, but, but many years ago, I quit. I go into places where malaria is, and I don't take a shot anymore. Not because I'm dumb. Well, maybe I am. Maybe I'm just so dumb to the world's fear that I actually live in what I preach. And that's the Word of God. I'm not saying you can't have a shot. Have a shot. I'm a little concerned. People have asked me, when this, when this uh, vaccine comes out, are you going to take it? Well, I know what I want to say. No. But I pretty much will guarantee that I will not be able to get on an airplane without it. Matter of fact, I might not even be able to go to a movie theater or a concert or a store or a mall. I don't know. Don't know. So I'll see when that time comes. Do I want to take it? No. Will I refuse it? Yes. And I have to have great wisdom with my intercessors praying. If I get forced to not travel, then we have to pray and say, okay, Lord, where do we go from here? You shall love. You will, you must love the Lord your God with all your hearts. All your desires are in Him. With all your mind, your will, your emotions, your soul. And with all your strength. With all your strength. When somebody deals with feelings of unworthiness, usually a pattern, an ecosystem has evolved. And it goes something like this, and I've shared this last year. I feel unworthy, therefore I feel ashamed. And when I feel ashamed, I hide. When I hide, I feel disconnected. And then when I'm disconnected, I feel unworthy again. When I feel unworthy, I feel ashamed. And when I feel ashamed, I hide. And when I hide, I feel disconnected. And then when I'm disconnected, I feel unworthy again. And so the cycle continues and continues and continues. The same sustainability, it exists in the ecosystem of rejection. I feel rejected, so I get angry. And when I get angry, I lash out. And when I lash out, people reject me. And when people reject me, I feel rejected. And so I get angry. And so when I get angry, I lash out. And when I lash out, people reject me. And when people reject me, I feel rejected. And so I get angry again. And the pattern goes and goes and goes and goes. And I want to declare to us this morning, I want to declare to each one of you watching right now, it is time to change the ecosystems in our life. You are not unworthy. You are worthy 
through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Maybe men might reject us, but I want to tell you what, God will never reject you. If you know Him as your Lord and Savior, you are not to live rejected. You are to live a son, a daughter of the king, a prince, a princess on this, on this earth. When these thoughts, these lies, these twisted things get into your mind, like the deceiver talked to Eve in the garden, when these things start to happen, never go against what the Lord says in His Word. Because I'll tell you what, if there's a human out here speaking and it's going against the foundations and the living Word of God, don't do it. can't believe we're in this season. And it sounds like they want us to shut down Christmas. I am not going to shut down Christmas. That is a celebration of my Lord and Savior's birth. I don't care if they shut down the stores so we can't buy presents. That's okay. But I can't shut down the celebration of Jesus in my life or in the life of my family or in the life of our church and churches. I am declaring to you, I don't know what it's all going to look like, but I will say one thing for sure. Ultimately, this is my law. I pray for our prime minister, for our health officials, the ones making decisions right now. I pray, Lord God, for wisdom. I pray, Lord God, that they will have a revelation in the middle of the night. That this country of Canada was founded on the Word of God and biblical principles. And my dad fought the whole Second World War. The whole, every year of the Second World War, my dad fought, lived, and survived. So we could have uh, a freedom and charter of rights in our Constitution. This is my ecosystem. And this world will pass away. But his kingdom lives forever. <laughs> Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come. The, the living forever of your kingdom come. Your will be done in me, on earth, in me as it is in heaven. And give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Your kingdom come, O oh Lord. And I feel like the Lord is saying, my kingdom is there. My kingdom is on earth as it is in heaven right now. And I just ask every one of us watching, whatever ecosystem of bad things, uh, whatever uh, seed you've allowed into your life from, from abuse, from words spoken badly, from a divorce, uh, 
kids uh, falling away, whatever it might be, whatever that seed is that you've allowed to grow in your garden, I want to encourage you right now, remove the seed, weed it out right now in Jesus' name, and start to love the people that are around you. You have been called with a destiny and a purpose, and the purpose and destiny is to follow the Word, love Him, glory and honor to Him, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And through that, be the shining light of love around us. Again, love does not mean acceptance of wrong. Love is something deep inside of your ecosystem, built on the foundation of the Word of God, the pattern in your life. will teach us how to love better than we've ever known before. In Jesus' name, amen.